Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Stop, Amen, it's coming down from the gallows, and I Seriously. don't have very long. Please stop. Well, I don't have very long, so welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Oh and that song is stuck in my head for all day long, and I can't get rid of the freaking thing. So there you go. Thanks for sharing uh, it with us. Well, yeah, well, you know, I mean, pe- people usually pay me big bucks to sing, but uh, or not to sing. I keep keep. Forgetting. I think they pay you big bucks to stop. Oh, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Anyways, welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, New England's own Van Helsink, and with me, the blonde, blonde show, ever, so ever her cheerful self, Ann Carrigan. <laughs> is this what happens when I'm gone a week? I, yeah. I come back and you're singing karaoke to open the show? Well, you know, you got to change it up after uh, 150 years. You know? Oh, my God. I apologize, everyone, for that excruciating pain that he just put you through. You know, somebody might like that, you know. Nobody likes that. Well, hey, let's put it this way. Someone, yeah? Someone might. <laughs> okay. All right, you go you know, with your little I, fantasy. I do, I do have my fans. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That doesn't how, mean they're a fan of your singing. Oh uh, well, you know how many, uh, you know how many paranormal t- talk show hosts get to uh, be a judge at the Miss American? Uh, oh, huh, huh, huh? It's not Miss America. It's Miss New Hampshire. It, it's Miss Portsmouth of the Miss America. It goes to Miss America. That's how it all starts. It all starts in the beginning. Right, right. That's mm-hmm. where it starts. It who starts you, with, who'd you pay to get on that panel? It starts with me. That's where <laughs> Those girls better be very afraid. Genesis. Genesis. <laughs> you know, I met Miss New Hampshire last year, and I charmed her so much that, hey, that's what happens. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Anyways, we have a real show instead of uh, this chit-chat. Um, I hope have... so. <laughs> Why? Did you miss it last week? <laughs> I miss you every week, Ron. Oh, no, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me introduce to you a young lady from Buffalo. Are there young ladies in Buffalo? I don't know. But we'll find out. I hope she, so. She is from the, I love this, by the way. Iron Island Museum. I love the name alone. Mm-hmm. She is Linder, and I can't say her last name. So, Linda, are you there? The Hastrader. Say that again. Hastrader. 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 It's not yes. that hard. Hi, Linda. Hi, like, how I, are you? I'm great. <laughs> so, it's like. Don't pay ast- any attention to him. <laughs> so it's like Hastrader with an H in it. So, Hastrader. <laughs> Whatever. Never mind. I don't even know why I try. Oh, man. I can sing again. No, Go don't. Ahead. No. No singing. No, 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 no. No, don't encourage him, really. Please. No. So, Linda, Linda you are uh, 
Well, I'm not sure. What's your capacity with the Iron Island Museum? I love that name. Love it, love it. I'm going to ask you later why it's called that, so I hope you did a little studying on it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Carry on. I I am the president of the Iron Island Preservation Society, and we are the owners of the Iron Island Museum in Buffalo, New York. Um, uh, The building was donated to us back in August of 2000 by a funeral organization called Amagon Funeral Home. And uh, we had a small storefront on our business strip in our neighborhood. And uh, for the museum, he saw a newspaper article about us. He liked what we were doing, and he donated the building for that reason, for our museum. So we've been in there 14 years. Come August um, 1st, it'll be 14 years we'll be in the building. Oh, God bless you. So I I guess I'm going to ask, and uh, well, maybe I won't ask. First of all, why don't you give out your website, we want to okay. get out as much as we can. The website is ironislandmuseum.com. Okay. Oh, are you cheating and looking up why we're called Iron Island? <laughs> oh, me? He must I, be. I don't cheat. Don't look at me. He must be. No, I had to go. I had to, I, I had to go turn off my dehumidifier because it's making such a racket that I can't even hear myself think. But anyways. <laughs> You, you totally lost my train of thought. You know that, don't you? I'm sorry. So it's the Iron... Iron Island, Island Museum. Museum. Dot com. Mm-hmm. All right. Going to put that I, up I on our are, We obviously are on Facebook, yes. Facebook uh-huh. also. Okay. I see. Anne did her uh, research on this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So, I mean, first of all, um, you know, with the preservation, the, the building was donated um, so tell us a little bit about, uh, I don't know if we should start with the history of the building or uh, let's, let's start when you took it over and then we can go back to the history. First of all, it's, it, it's a museum. So museums have stuff in it. So what kind of stuff's in the museum? Oh, we have so many uh, different items in the museum. It's unbelievable. It, it, it started off pretty much being geared toward our Iron Island neighborhood in the city of Buffalo and, and the railroad and um, the military. So that's pretty much what it's all about. And it, it's expanded throughout um, quite a bit. It's not just about the neighborhood. It's about the history of the city, about history of the railroad, a ton of history about the military, which is very near and dear to me. Um, but I will say this. we The railroad is why we're called Iron Island. Uh-huh. Our neighborhood is completely surrounded by railroad tracks. And years ago, you either had to go over or under railroad tracks to get into our neighborhood oh, wow. and um, back in the late 1890s um, a gentleman a politician had come through and all the railroad men and their families were settling in here and he named the neighborhood iron island um, uh-huh. and we, we picked up the name for our preservation group but it sat stagnant for a while a lot of people just you know called it lovejoy which is our district in the city but we picked up the name iron island did our research did our history and um and ran with it, and and that's what we like to be called is Iron Island. Uh, I like Iron Island much better than Lovejoy. It sounds like a porn star. <laughs> it could have been. It could have been. I know it's a hockey player. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So that's awesome. But, so they called it an island because it was right. surrounded by all these railroads. But it was. But it is named um, Lovejoy after a gentleman named um, Henry Lovejoy, who was an engineer. And he owned a lot of the property in the area at the time. And his mother 
was actually killed by the um, during the War of 1812 oh. down in, in the downtown Buffalo area. And oh. um, and so there, there's, I mean, the history is just phenomenal about the area itself. And, you know, each neighborhood in the city of Buffalo has little different names, such as I'm sure all over. But um, ours is Iron Island. No, That's I think it's, neat. it's pretty cool. Very and, neat, because I wondered about that history. Yes, it's amazing history. I, I always tell people, you know, and uh, spirits and the ghosts that would bring people to the museum, but by the time they leave there, they end up really appreciating the history of the area and the museum and, and what we have in there. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's the history of the museum. But let's go back to the history of the building a little okay. bit. Okay. Um, the building was built in 1883. It opened up in 1885 as one of the very first uh, Methodist Episcopal churches in the area. And it was open as the church until the late 1940s. And then it sat empty for about six years, and um, it was bought as a funeral a funeral director bought it and turned it into a funeral home. Mm-hmm. And he um, opened up in 1958, and um, the funeral it was a funeral home until it was donated to us in August of 2000. And um, the last funeral was actually held there in June of 2000. Wow. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was, um, it, it's the, the setup of it is, I mean, you can walk into it and you can see that it's a funeral home, but if you go up into, um, look up into the rafters, you see all the original church is still underneath there. Mm-hmm. And oh, what wow. they essentially did was build a building inside of the building. So oh. you, all the rafters, you take them down, there's the church. All the, the, there's old lighting that was hung up in there from 1895 that we had, we brought down and, and rewired and hung throughout the building. And um, and then you know did a whole bunch of different things like that. But it's um, the history is still all in there. You could still see that church and the stained glass is still in there from 1883. Oh, gorgeous! All the original stained glass. It's covered <laughs> for protection. You know when they put it, made it into a funeral home, but it's all still in there. Oh, wow. oh that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was awesome. going to ask you when when you were given this building. You know, was it still in good condition? Did you have to fix it up? Because I know a um, lot of times it's kind of like things are given in sad shape. <laughs> well, no, it was still in it was still in very good shape. Um, when the building was built, it was all wood. It was a wood structure, and mm-hmm. then the bricks were put on it in 1915. Um, so part of the structure is all brick, but um, and there was an addition that was put on in 1898 that um, from up back of the church there was an expansion that was used as a Sunday school. Mm-hmm. So if you go up again into the rafters and you look up, you see the back of the whole original church in there. Wow. And um, we actually just had uh, a side of the building collapse, the walls. And I don't want oh. to say the building. The bricks came off. Oh, okay. And it's as sad as it is, it's kind of cool because it's the old church. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what you're seeing in the in the. The structure itself is so sound, and the wood is, I mean, it's just so preserved. It's beautiful. That's right, because I, I was actually confused by that when I saw some of the photographs of it, because some, sometimes I saw it as a brick structure, and then sometimes I saw it as a wooden structure. So that that explains a lot. So you, you, some of the bricks came off. I, I, are you going to repair them? Are you going to leave it open? Or what's this? The... We're waiting for insurance company to give us some, you know, idea of what they're going to do about it, and then we're going to go from there. But you know, I've it's crossed my mind that there's got to be some way to preserve the wood, and mm-hmm. um, and make it, 
you know, so it doesn't, you know, get any more water damage or anything like that, and, and mm-hmm. keep it open so people could actually see what the, the church looked like. I think so, that would be great. I was going to ask you, I mean, would it would it make more sense to put it back to its original state, or is it too involved? Um, it, it's very involved. It's very, very expensive, and um, mm-hmm. we, we truly, truly do not get any support from any kind of um, grants or anything. We're... we're we just don't. We are lucky that we are able to pay our monthly bills, mm-hmm, and right. um, that's what we do. Just like most places, I mean, a lot of historical places just don't get the support. Right. That's so, true. So, um, you know, that's another reason why we're doing this this event is to hopefully make some money for for the building. That's what right. it's and for. We're, and we're going to talk about building. that a little bit later, but, uh, okay. yeah, it's exciting. It's going to pair. But let's talk. Uh, one thing I did want to mention is I was a past president of the uh, Merrimack Valley Preservation Group, and we were working on this uh, project, which was the Tenant Gatehouse. Mm-hmm. And what we did is we had some of the things where – we actually uh, exposed some of the original uh, work, erection work, and then put it under plexiglass. So we closed it back up again, but people could still see what it was and, and how it was constructed. So, you know, that might be something you might be able to deal with oh, as well. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Well, we, um, when they, it was, it was hard for us in the beginning when we took over that building because, um, when it was a funeral home, I, my brother had actually passed away when he was six years old, and oh, he was waked out of that building. Oh, and wow. Yeah, so when when the building was donated, I said to my mom, are you sure you want to do this? And she said, absolutely, and um, it's um, it's a blessing. I mean, it's I, I picked up um, a lot of my traits and appreciation for history from my mom, uh, mm-hmm. my mom Marge, who's our curator, and um, she still does all the tours and everything there. So oh, really? Oh, wow. oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. So, yeah, it is awesome. It's, uh, people love her. She's she really knows her stuff, and mm-hmm. and she's taught me a lot and my sisters a lot and about the history and everything. So mm-hmm. we love it. <laughs> now, so, how old? If you don't mind me asking, how old is your mom? Oh wow. my God, she'll kill me. She just turned eighty years old. Oh, God, God bless, bless her. her. Yep, she just but turned that, 80 years old. That's that's wonderful that she is so involved in that because she lived a lot of that history. Oh, absolutely, she did. You know, so who better, you know, yeah, to she, have there? She she's written a lot. She um she does um she does write some books and you know self published stuff. She's done a lot of stories that have been published in the Buffalo News local newspaper. Mm-hmm. So she definitely her family. Um, my, um, I'm fourth generation neighborhood. So the neighborhood, my family's been in the neighborhood for all these years. So, um, you know, we just pass it on and, and my nieces and nephews unfortunately don't live in the neighborhood, but they're still in the area. They love the building and, um, and they come there all the time and, you know, help out and do whatever. So it, there's a lot, a lot of family history there. And we've made some unbelievably wonderful friends who are volunteers there who just, really care about it as much as we do. Wow, what a fantastic heritage. Oh, yeah. Incredible. That's excellent. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. And if you have a question, you can join us in the Tojanet or the Pararex chat room, and uh, Ann will feel those for us as a feeler she is. So... uh, You have this museum, and when... Did the paranormal activity 
occur or has it always occurred back in history when it was a church and a, and a funeral home? Well, it's interesting because um, things were, were happening all the time right away when we took over the building. And um, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. The day we took over the building and they handed us the key, there were four of us in the, in the building, and it was pretty much empty except for some of the furnishings that was le- were left by the funeral home. Mm-hmm. And we were running around there like, oh, my God, this is so exciting, and looking at every nook and cranny. And we went into the basement and opened a closet door, and there were 24 cremated remains left in the basement. No! <laughs> oh, no! Yes. <laughs> so we were like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we, we we wrote down all the names and dates of death and just filed away into the, you know, filed the names and stuff away, called the funeral director, Mr. Amagon, who they immediately came and picked them up, but these were these were cremains left from the original funeral home. Oh, um, wow. So they were sitting down in this closet since you know seventies, eighties, nineties, and um, so anyway, that that's part of a story I'll tell you when I when it get a little further. But I wanted to put that in there. But um, things were happening, and we were having a function there in around Christmas time. And I was, I, I never wanted to be in the building alone. I just didn't, just because of what it was. I couldn't help it. But I went through the back door, and I was in the kitchen, and I was preparing some food, and I heard all the aluminum chairs up in the very front room being moved around and being banged together. And I'm like, I'm the only one in here. So I literally ran out of the building. I called one of our other volunteers, and I said, I am not going back in there. And um, I I don't go in there alone. People laugh at me because I'll sit in the parking lot until people get there. <laughs> but um, what things does your mom happen- say? Well, th- that's what the funny thing is. My mom goes in there all the time by herself. <laughs> and 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 at the time, you know, before all this really, you know, we got so into the paranormal. It was um, my mom and another volunteer, Rose, were there during normal hours because I I have a quote-unquote real job that I go to every day and mm-hmm. um, so they would go in there they'd have the museum hours and things were happening but no one would say anything <laughs> and, and finally at one point something happened that had happened to my mom and something happened to Rose and they started to compare notes and they were like oh my god this has happened to you that same thing happened to me mm-hmm. and that's what got us going and my sister actually said um you should, you know, you should write to Ghost Hunters, and I did. And within 24 hours, they responded that they were going to come to the museum and do a show. Oh wow! Wow. So, um, you know, they they like the history of the building. They like the um the church aspect, the funeral home, and then of course the personal aspect of it being where my brother was waked out of. They, you know, right. so they put all of that together and and came and and taped a show there back in June of 2008. But things were going on all along, and when um. The um, individual who owned it, who turned it into a funeral home, I had contacted him, and I asked him, and, and it's funny again, because I had gone to school with his daughter, and their home was the back room of the funeral home. They lived oh. in there. Oh. So I used to go there and hang out with her as a kid, so I knew the family for years, and I, I asked him, and he said, oh, there were all kinds of things that were going on in there, and he told me some of the stories, so... You know, as far as the church goes, it's hard to say because I don't know anybody from the church era, but he definitely felt that there was stuff going on there. And he told me a story about a gentleman who had actually <laughs> dropped over dead when he was there for a wake. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, so there were, you know, there's different things that he told me. So it definitely was happening. 
<laughs> well, at least he was Here's in the right place. my dog from barking. That's all right. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a ghost dog. I, I, oh, no, no, I, I was real. ready. To, I, I didn't know if it was an EVP or what. I was, you know, getting excited <laughs> here for a minute. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> but um, again, it just there were a lot of things were going on. Then ghost hunters came in, like I said, and and taped their show. And we it actually, um, if you're familiar with them, which I'm sure you are, mm-hmm. they um, our show was um, their season opener in September, September third, two thousand eight. It was mm-hmm. an hour long, and we had over 2.7 million viewers. Wow! Yeah, it was. It truly was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, the mm-hmm. evidence they picked up was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, things that I, you know, I, I they did the reveal for me, and mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't believe it. I knew stuff was going on, but there's no way I would have expected what they picked up there to pick up. It's amazing. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, but the the cool thing about it is that's not the only show that's been there. You've had several others too, right? Yes, we have had um, Ghost Lab. We were on them in December of 2010, which was uh, really excellent to be on that show. The Clean Brothers, they were great to work with. They, um, we were right on the show with them, my mom and I. They, they took us right in there to be part of the investigation, which was oh, cool. really cool. exciting to do. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then we were on My Ghost Story. Um, uh-huh. And that was interesting because we had uh, a mother and daughter visiting from Las Vegas, and um, they had come out or from California, and they came out just to to visit the area, and we invited them to come in on a Sunday afternoon, and we were sitting around talking, and there, it, we had some crazy evidence going on. Hmm. And they went, they went back home, and they ran into the producer of the show, my <laughs> ghost story. They told them their story, and then they came back and taped a show there. <laughs> wow. So it was just cool. So that, that was one of the, the, the three shows that we were on. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you could actually see some of those. I, I saw you had posted on your website. Yes. Yes. There's some of the stuff on there. I know you can find it on YouTube. The shows are on there. Um, and um, I think um, I think they're posted on our, web, on our website, the shows, but I'm not 100% sure. I, I believe they are because I watched a couple of them. Okay, great. See, you don't think I do my homework. Yeah. Oh, you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when we were on Ghost Hunters and I, I talked to you about the cremated remains in the basement, right. they had an experience on the show with um, an individual in the attic area. We call it the attic, but it was it's actually just an open area for um, where the museum rap- church rafters were, and mm-hmm. they were kind of charged by this spirit. And when... Um, like six or seven months after the show aired, we were um, uh, Chip Coffee came to the museum and he had gone up the attic and looked up there and he saw this man and he came down the ladder and he said to me that this man's name was Edgar. So I had done, I I pulled out a few more months had gone by and I pulled out the list of the names that were in the basement and sure enough there was a man on there named Edgar Zernicki. Yeah, very interesting. Well, I googled Edgar's name Mm-hmm. And it turned out that Edgar fought in the Battle of Nicaragua in 1928. Oh. Now, I personally, I'm, I am the Region 1 coordinator for the Patriot Guard Riders Veteran Recovery Program. Are you familiar with them? No, we're not. No. Okay, the Patriot Guard Riders is a motorcycle organization. That's oh, yeah. Okay, line. now we do. Okay. No? Yep. Right. So mm-hmm. our, one of the missions is to find unclaimed remains, identify them as veterans, and give them proper military burials. Nice. Well, I saw that Edgar was a veteran, 
Mm-hmm. And I immediately put my Patriot Guard hat on, and I said, oh, my God, Edgar is a veteran. We can bury him. Nice. We, we had to find his family, which I was able to find his son in Spain. Mm-hmm. He gave me the power of attorney to bury him. And at the same time, eight more of those remains in the basement were veterans. And oh, on, wow. Yep. On September 24, 2010, we had 120 motorcycle escort from our museum in Buffalo to the Bath National Cemetery and buried all those veterans with full military honors. Nice. Oh, yeah. my God. See, everything yeah. happens for a reason, huh? It's a, it does. It's a kind it sure of exciting does. place. You know that? Yes, it is a very wonderful place, and it all because we were told the spirit's name was Edgar. Wow. Yeah. From yeah, just yeah, one little such, name. You know yep. what's interesting, Linda, is that uh, I remember one case that we did up in my neck of the woods, New Hampshire, and uh, – this people bought this house and uh, after they were in it for a while, they went in a closet and they found the urine of a dead person in it mm-hmm. and, and they couldn't find any information about it. And, and nobody, you know, uh, came forward for it and they, they tried to track it down. Well, they ended up burying it. Uh, well, I shouldn't say burying it. They ended up dispersing the uh, ashes under a tree in, in the backyard wow. on a special night. And then uh, uh, kind of like the activity increased after that. So oh, wow. okay. maybe that wasn't a good, maybe that wasn't a good thing to do. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I mean, you were lucky enough to be able to track down who they were and everything. So, I mean, that, that is pretty cool. Well, I think people would be amazed at how many unclaimed remains are actually out there, let alone how many of them are veterans. Um, mm-hmm. We have, um, in our region alone and in New York State, we've buried close to over 200 veterans since this program was initiated. Wow. Um, and, and Edgar and the um, ghosts, the spirits, and cremains of Iron Island were the first ones. Huh. Well, we actually got to take a break right now, and uh, we want to thank you. Uh, you're you're going to hold on to after the break, I assume, right? So we can sure. talk about your Sure, as long event. as you want me to, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. This, this is all very cool. Uh, anyways, <laughs> you're listening. Oh, wait a minute. Let me see. Uh, it was like Ashtrayer, so it's Hashtrayer. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick. And our special guest today is Linda Hodgson from the uh, Iron uh, Island Museum. We'll be right back after the following messages here on Tojanet, Perex, Ghost Channel, and way beyond. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. 
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and our special guest, Linda Hastrader of the Iron Island Museum in Buffalo, New York. How did you get her name right? She did a That's great okay. job. I pay attention. I'm impressed. (laughs) The blonde bombshell has scored again. Oh, boy. Anyway, (laughs) so, Linda, you have uh, an event coming up. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it and your special guest? Sure. Um, The event will be in August, August 23rd, at the Buffalo Convention Center. And um, it's called History, Hauntings, and the Paranormal. And it is with um, Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures. And uh, we also are having um, uh, Jay Wasley and uh, uh, Billy Trolley, who will also be part of the the list of guests so far. Excellent. Oh, wow. Sounds cool. And and I assume the proceeds are going for uh, the museum? Yes, all the proceeds are going toward the museum. Um, We're in the process right now of um, getting some more vendors and maybe some more guests um, to the lineup. Um, and also um, a lot of vendors. We're trying to get the vendors together and set up so we can make this event very special. I, um, one of the things that I've always wanted to do was have an event where it's more affordable for families. Mm-hmm. So families can come in and, and see their, you know, the people, their idols or heroes, if they want to call them that, and um, be able to afford to do so. We had, um, a, while, a couple of years back, there was a bigger event in the area, with some big names, and the tickets were very, very pricey, from two fifty to three hundred dollars. Wow! Yeah, and we had a, a little boy come into the museum. He was with his grandmother, and um, it was a Saturday morning. And he came in, and and he um, all he wanted to do was see his, you know, the guy he looked up to. He wanted to see this mm-hmm. person, and I and his his dad had actually just committed suicide. This little boy. <laughs> Oh, geez. And his, his grandmother was like, oh, you know, we'll never be able to afford to see that. Well, that has always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I always thought if we ever are able to do this, I want to do this so these families can come in and bring their, you know, kids, their sons and daughters, and they can come in here together and see the people that they see on TV that they like to see and be able to afford to do it and make it entertaining for them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're attempting to do. I, That's fabulous. Yeah, I have yeah. a friend that, friend up in your area, the Reverend Tim Shaw. Are you familiar with him? I I know of him. Yes, I do. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I think he wrote uh, "Haunt Ghost of Buffalo" or something like that as well. I yeah. think yeah, something like that, or Rochester, or something. Yeah, he does have yeah. a couple books out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, we were up there. Now, 
you're Buffalo. So Buffalo is on Lake Erie, or close to Lake Erie? Yes, it's on Lake Erie. Yep. Yeah. So where were we in when we went up Oneida. that way? Oneida. 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 Okay, that's, Oneida. Near most, that's near Syracuse. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's where it was. Yeah. Yes. Right. So we, we got we, almost there. <laughs> you almost, well, you'll have to get here all the way next time. <laughs> we do a lot with um, a lot of different historic places. We um, work closely. We call it our sister museum in Palmyra, the historic Palmyra Museums um, mm-hmm. with Bonnie Hayes. Um, she's a real good friend of ours, and they have four museums there. So, um, and they're also haunted. They have an unbelievable history too. So, oh, wow. you know, we mm-hmm. we like to talk a lot about the history, and and that's what again. If you didn't have the history, we wouldn't have the hauntings. Right, right, right. So, um, you know, and then we have some great friends, um, Leanne and Angela from Spirited History down in Richmond, Virginia, who do a ton of stuff, and and um, just you know, we we need to get the history across the area of why every, there's all this paranormal. Right, right. And, and that's the goal of bringing these people into this event with Zach Bagans, and hopefully you know, hopefully, we'll be able to sell this out and people will be able to have a really good time and enjoy themselves. If anybody is interested, just as a side note, you can jump on the uh, link on our uh, Ghost Chronicles Facebook page for the Iron Island Museum, and that event, you can buy tickets right through the web- website, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, cool. If you're interested, hop on there and uh, hit the button. <laughs> and that's August 22nd? Well, August 22nd, there's a VIP at the museum. It's a it's a higher ticket price item that um, Zach will be at. Um, we're very limited tickets, but the big event is going to be the 23rd at the Buffalo Convention Center. And, and there's a couple of different tiers of tickets. Um, and there will be presentations, and there will be – we'll have some gallery readings and a few different things, but um, – you know, it's not just going to be come in and see him and leave. We're going to make sure that there's people there, you know, having talks and, and putting on presentations for everybody to enjoy. Oh, sure, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. I mean, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. once again, you can get your tickets there. You, you know, you have, I don't know how much they are offhand, but, uh, you know, there's well, enough time to save dollars for general admission. Oh, okay. That's not bad. So no, that's an all so if you start event. saving now a dollar a day, uh, you'll be all set. There you go. <laughs> Bypass that donkeys, you know, and uh, put that money for something else. There you go. So, uh, Linda, I, I have to ask you, what was probably your most interesting experience there at the museum personally? Oh, my God, there's really so many. Um <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I have to really think about that. I there. There's been numerous. You know, we we pick up um, a, a ton of EVPs. I mean, thousands of EVPs that people have picked up for over the years, and a lot of them are them saying my name. Yeah. And you know, I get that a lot, and you know, uh-huh. it's, it's creepy. I mean, I've actually heard, you know, my name called, and no one's in the room. I'm unplugging a light or something, and the girls are in the back, and I'm unplugging it, and I hear a man's voice say, "Linda." And uh, it's it's kind of creepy, don't believe me. But um, uh-huh. I um I, there were just I had an experience when uh, we um every Thursday night we have normal museum hours. We have the tours. People come in, and after they leave, there's a handful of us uh, friends that hang out. Um, and we have our volunteers, Lorraine and Gina and Mike, and then we have the Buffalo Paranormal Investigators, who are our main investigating group from the museum. They do a lot of our research, so we'll hang out and and we'll um. 
um, you know, ghost hunt, so to speak. And we were sitting in the chapel room one time, and I sit always on the left-hand side of the couch, and there was a ton of activity. Things were happening to people, and all of a sudden I felt something poke me in the back of the head. I mean, you could actually feel a finger poking in the back of your head. I flew off the couch, and I, I was terrified. But it was just such a strange a strange thing. I mean, that's the first and only time that I've ever had any kind of physical touch. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I mean, I've seen shadow figures. We have pictures that people have picked up that are amazing what the shadow figures are. Um, there's one of them on our Facebook page where a group was there on a Thursday night. This was actually one of my favorite pictures. Um, a girl had taken a panoramic shot down the hallway, and she was standing in the third room down. Now, Gina, who's one of our volunteers, and my mom were walking down the hall, and the girl came up to me, and she said, Linda, there's a third picture, a third person in this picture. And I'm looking at her camera, and there was no one at the end of the hall. So we went to our surveillance camera and pulled up that exact moment she took the shot, Mm -hmm. and there was no one in the picture, no one in the frame. So that picture is actually on our Facebook page. It's super cool to see that. Mm. But um, I can't even begin to tell you all the experiences and and everything and what was my – because everything – first of all, everything scares me. (laughs) (laughs) As as cool as it is, everything scares me. Oh, you must be um, used to it by now. (laughs) You know what? You, You probably know as well as I do. You just never know what to expect. Yes, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, we have um, Greg Hoffman. He does a lot. He's our overnight guide. He was the very first person to actually investigate the museum back in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked in the federal building with me where I work, and and he said, you know, I heard about this place. Can I please get in there and investigate? And I'm like, yeah, okay. If you, I never really, you know, knew something was going on, but never to that extent. And he came back and had so much evidence. And he said, Linda, the paranormal world needs a place like this to investigate. I mm-hmm. never believed them. I never thought it would be as, as amazing as it is, but <laughs> it's out there, and there's people that want to do it. Yeah. So, if, if you have it, they will come. <laughs> yes. And, and there's, um, you know, we have nice spirits. We've had some not-so-nice spirits. We've had, you know, some experiences that were kind of um, a little too off the wall <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and scary and um one of our investigators, two of them, I should say, um, uh, Patrick and Paul, who are with the uh, Buffalo Paranormal Investigators, they had gone on a Sunday and had shoveled the roof off the garage for us. They were shoveled the snow off. So okay. as they were sitting in the back um, relaxing, they heard some noises up front. And then they went up, started walking up front, and Paul grabs his recorder when he goes and he starts talking. And, and Patrick turned around the corner, and as he turned, he picked up, he walked right into what looked like a seven-foot-tall shadow figure <laughs> and stopped dead in his tracks. And Patrick's a tall guy. He's over six foot. Uh-huh. And and he stopped dead in his tracks and, you know, said a few choice words. And um, <laughs> and Paul stopped, and they played the recorder back, and he picked up a, what sounded like a man saying, I'm walking. Oh. As if they, he was walking right with them. And um, <laughs> it, it's interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Wow. We have a question from chat from Beth. And she wants to know, have you seen anything, you know, like away from the museum, maybe something that went home with you? No. (laughs) No, Beth, no. (laughs) No. No, you know what? No, at my house, no. I will say that. 
But I will tell you this. I, in the past year, I've become very, very interested in this beautiful old Victorian house in Lake George, New mm. York. And it is in dilapidated condition, but it needs a ton of work, but it's so worth saving. Mm-hmm. Well, I have been going into that house now for a year and um, meeting with the owner, trying to work something out where we can try to get this property grants and get it fixed. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago, I was in there, and I went through there with um, a friend of mine, David Allen Brown, who's a psychic out of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I said, David, you have to come in here and tell me what you feel. So for an hour, we walked through this building, and he told me a bunch of stuff, and I'm recording. I get home and listen to the recorder, and 10 minutes into the recording, I picked up a voice that says, Linda's home. Oh! Oh, 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 I just got goosebumps. Yep. Ooh. I mean, it's as clear as day. And it's like, I mean, it, whatever, something must be with me, I don't know. They, uh, they always kid me about it, that it something follows me or stays with me because, you know, we pick up my name in a lot of different places. That we don't, I don't go ghost hunting. I'm not an investigator. I'm not any of that. I'm just interested in the history and all those other things. Mm-hmm. But, um we picked up my name, but it doesn't follow me home, Beth. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> and Lake George, I love Lake George. Um, oh, we went phenomenal. up there a couple of years back on the motorcycles. Um, oh, yeah. Off season. We weren't there during, like, the high tourist season. Right, right. Um, you know, it was, like, mid-September. And it was, let me tell you, it was chilly. Um, oh. <laughs> and But, no, but this, it's just beautiful country. You get out in the countryside. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's my second home. I love it. Oh. It's just gorgeous, and uh, yeah, there's so many historical homes mm-hmm. out there. A lot of history, lot of history there. Yeah, it's all about the history. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's really exciting. Yeah, um, it is about that house. I hope it works out. Oh, I'll have to send you an email. You a picture of it. Oh, I would love yeah. it. Yeah, you can post it right on our page. Oh, yeah, okay, I can definitely. do that. Definitely. Yeah, okay. yeah, would love to see it. You know what's interesting too, Linda, is is you've had it investigated so many times. Has anybody detected any spirits associated with the items you have in the museum? Um, I'd probably have to say um, a lot in the military room. Um, we've actually picked up um, gunfire and mortar fire on EVPs of of that. Mm. Um, we've picked up um, EVPs. You know, we've asked the question: Is there a soldier in the room? And we've got an answer, direct answer: Yes. Um, the military room is a huge place for the attraction of, of obviously the military stuff because there's we have everything in there that's something from every war going all the way back to the Civil War. That's how much history is in there. Mm-hmm. And um, there's been attachments. There's I'm not a huge believer in orbs. I know a lot of people aren't, but there's one particular uniform that for some reason when people take pictures of it, there's always a ball of energy on that that particular uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we call it, we have one room that's the railroad room. We call it the kids room now because there've been so many voices of kids that have been picked up in there. And it, it turns out that there were two boys, little boys who both were six years old. You know, that's how old my brother was, but these are two different boys that we've been able to identify and research and find out that they were waked out of that room. And we picked up EVPs and stuff related to those boys. Wow. Really? That's yeah. cool. You know, this reminds me, Ron, of um, Fort Tabor. You know how they have all the oh, military yeah, yeah, the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The military museum in Fort and Tabor. Yeah. I know, and they, so they have that big museum with, you know, from all wars. 
just like that. And I know when, you know, the psychics got in that room, they were just overwhelmed. Oh, I'm sure. How because there's so much going on, oh, yeah. you know, in association I, with these, these artifacts. I, I'm we very much... Sorry. Go ahead. No, go I ahead. was going to say, we had a, a friend of ours named Dan Wiles. He came in from Germany. He He's a military guy, and he's originally from the area, but he's been in Germany for 25 years. And he came in, and we became friends, and we were talking in the military room, and he started to ask questions in German and asked if there was any, you know, German soldiers in there, and, and we picked up an EVP of someone saying Germany. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just different things that are very much related to, to the people um, and to the to the items, no question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I have to tell you, Linda, we have someone named Mrs. Bates in oh. our TogiNet <laughs> chat. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and what does Mrs. Bates want? <laughs> Mrs. Bates says hello, and she says that she's a volunteer at Iron Island, and come and see us. Yes. Isn't that sweet? Yes. <laughs> Mrs. Bates, she is she is a trip. She's been a volunteer since she since 2008. We met her in February 2008, and she came along and just became a very dear friend, and and is a volunteer there and helps us out great uh, a great deal. Thank you, Peg. Awesome. That's awesome. I thought we should give her a little shout out there. Well, thank you, you for doing you that. Go. That's hysterical. Yeah. Well, she just know. logged on. So. Good. It's 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 a very loose radio show. <laughs> oh, yeah, By the way, I love how you say loose. I love how you say Linda. Linda. So you got me saying it. It's Linda and you got me you call me Linda. Linda. Huh? What? You do say my name. Oh, no, not now. I'm under no, now he's all conscious. <laughs> I'll say coffee. Oh, no, never mind. Get back in. Uh, so anyways, let's talk about the museum. Okay. <laughs> not your name, Linda. Uh, anyway. So, I love it, by the way. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, you, you've had, uh, I mean, what was like, you, you've had a couple of radio, uh, TV shows that went in there, did investigating. What to you was probably the most definitive piece of evidence uh, that you saw from these groups that went in? From the shows themselves? The shows well, themselves, right. When we, we were on Ghost Hunters, um, like I said, they were the first ones that came through there, and we knew stuff was going on, but I never expected the evidence that, um, to be picked up that they picked up. Um, there was a part during the show when uh, a couple of the girls were standing in the, the long hallway and they were talking about um, my brother. They had asked us to bring items in that were of my brother's to see if there was any connection to that. So they were talking about that, and the front door unlocked and opened on its own. And they caught it on tape, which was amazing. I actually saw that today. Oh, wow. Wow, you read my mind, Linda. (laughs) That was very cool. But the, the part in the attic with Edgar, I think that was... That was truly the most amazing because they saw him coming at him. They felt him on the. They felt him running on the the rafters. There's, you know, it was like someone was walking, but it's just rafters. There's not a floor up there, mm-hmm. and um, and they came, They he, this person came charging at them, which probably turned out to be Edgar, and mm-hmm. um, and they picked up some awesome EVPs. One of them was as clear as day. It said, "Leave me alone." Mm-hmm. And another one was, um, what do you want? And the the leave me alone is when they had actually shoved Tango up in this um, 
little hole in the ceiling and shoved him up in there, and he was up there being incredibly antagonistic. <laughs> and and really? then this man, I mean, that is an EVP that will, I mean, my reaction to that was unbelievable because I just didn't even know what to expect. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, when, like I said, when we were on the show with um, um, Ghost Lab, the Kling Brothers, I uh, Barry and Brad, I really enjoyed that because we were part of it. Right. And as well um, should be. Right. Yeah. And it goes to you're, you're really not. You do your tour. You tell them what's going on. They, they lock you out. They go in and do their thing, which is fine. Right. But Ghost Lab brought you in. And mm-hmm. um, I just loved the way they did the show. And, and while we were in there, it was even better because it, it got the evidence. They got evidence from us being mm-hmm. in there. Right. You right. know, the spirits that, again responding to us because they knew us. Right. That it, that has always been my biggest pet peeve is that like you know a lot of these these groups that go in the first thing they do is they take anybody who's associated with them and toss them out. It's like wait a minute, <laughs> the ghosts are familiar with them. They you know they might get some interaction there. And the other thing the other thing of course is that they have to shut out all the lights, which you know most of the time when you have paranormal activity the lights are on. So. I don't know. Can't get over that either. But, you know, it's well, cool. We, we all know it. that's for atmosphere. You know, it's that, cool in the dock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, and people ask me that. When does stuff happen? And I always tell them it, it could be happening right now for all I know. You know, I exactly. mean, I, I don't see I don't see things. I'm not psychic or, you know, any of that stuff. But it could happen 24 hours a day. It's daytime, yeah, I'm sure it nighttime. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, and I, I always, you know, people, there's a lot of energy in the room. People, the energy brings them out because they like all the people. Right. So, so right. are you finding that most people are going there now for the history of the place or the paranormal place? I, I, like I stated earlier, they're coming in for the paranormal and they, they end up appreciating the history because absolutely a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of the uh, people who volunteer at the museum now, they grew up in the suburbs of Buffalo. They never grew up in a neighborhood setting like our, our area is. Even they are amazed at what it was like to be a neighborhood in the city of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the suburb, sub, you know, in the suburbs, it's not like that. It's not that neighborhood close-knit super setting like it was years ago when it was set up when, when people just started moving into, you know, big municipalities. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so we talk a lot about the history of it, and they really, really appreciate it and, and are very interested in it. So it it does bring them in. And we've had people from every single state and I think from nine or ten countries. Excellent. Wow. So all over the world, people find our little museum in Buffalo, New York, and Little Iron Island and come and see us. I found you. You found yeah, right. us. You did. Thank you. Thank you for finding <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I'll, go ahead. It is incredible. It's incredible that it can be that far-reaching, and yeah. you know you're in your own little corner of the world, but and yet you know people will find you, and it sounds like an awesome history and a great place to visit. I'd love to go there. Road trip. Um, oh, you're trip. very welcome to. I'd love to have you. Would we love get, to we have get you bri- guys We can broadcast from there. Yes, you can. Oh, yeah. yes, I would love it. Absolutely. Ooh, that would be nice. So we don't anyway, want to go there in the winter, though. It's Buffalo. <laughs> that, you guys got it just it? as bad this year, didn't you? Yeah. Didn't you give? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had quite a winter. Quite a winter. Uh, we're, we're New Englanders. We can handle that. That's we we suck it up. Yeah. yeah we <laughs> suck it up. No. 
You don't want to be in New England. Go to Florida. You know. (laughs) But uh, so I want to go back to the tours. How often do you have these tours? Uh, How long are they? How much are they? And and where can people sign up for them? All of them. um, All the information is, of course, on our website or our Facebook page. Um, The tours are Thursday evenings at 6.30 and Saturday mornings at 10.30 or by appointment. Um, because we're all volunteers, you know, we, we, most of us still work and everything, so it's hard to be there all the time. The tours are only $5. They last about an hour. They get to go, um, they get to hear the history of the hauntings and of the area and of the oh, building. Wow. Um, they are, they get to go up the ladder and look up into the rafters where, um, Edgar was. They get to go through the basement and, um, and at the end of the tour, we have um, we play some evidence for them, some of the evidence that we've picked up. I, I think you should raise your price, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. You know what? I this, this and this is probably my biggest fault is <laughs> I want people to be able to afford to be there. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. And um, I, I I have one of the guys that busts my chops all the time. Raise your prices. Raise your prices. Raise your prices. <laughs> and you know we do overnights. People are allowed to book an overnight there. And it took me probably five years before I would raise that price. And it's still only one hundred seventy five dollars for five people that's to spend the night there and ghost hunt. Absolutely cheap. And yeah. you know yeah. you know what's interesting, Linda. Oh my God, we're out of time. Anyways, the, from the dead. Yep. The, <laughs> Yeah, do a bell peach from the dead. But you know, Linda, if if you don't raise money, then the museum won't be there for people to enjoy anyway. So think of it that way as well. I do, I do. Okay, so quickly that we've got only got a couple of minutes left. Tell us once more again about your event that's coming up and your website. Give that all out. Okay, history hauntings and the paranormal with Zach Bagans will be August twenty second, twenty third at the Buffalo Convention Center. Tickets are available and vendor tables are available through our website at ironislandmuseum.com. You can follow us on Twitter also at Iron Island hashtag, Iron hashtag Island, I think. I'm not sure. I'm not a Twitter person. Um, <laughs> my Twitter people are yelling at me right now because I probably said it wrong. I'm sure and, they are. <laughs> and, of course, on Facebook. So we're, we're out there, social media to death we're out there so look us up um come and see us come to the event it's going to be a great event for everybody uh, great so, sounds really great and linda we want to thank you so much uh yes. for uh, for sharing this hour with us sharing the madness as we like to say <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate yeah. you, you taking the time to reach out and and, and having me on and and learning about Iron Island. Thank you very uh, much. As I always told you, I, I love history and, and, you know, and you're right. Absolutely right. You can't have the paranormal without the history. So correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. So Linda, thank you so much. And you have a great night and the best of luck with your event. Thank you very much. You guys have a great night too. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Good night. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was great. Now I really I, want, I want to go there. I I'm getting a long it. list. I know, I know, I know. Love to put that on our yeah. to-do list on one of these days. And our bucket list, yeah. Yeah, bucket list. Anyways, uh, anyways, this uh, lender. I, I forgot to tell you, this podcast will be available on iTunes as well, so you can listen to yourself or me say lender wrong or whatever or your name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, it's time to wrap it up. And uh, Anne, thank you so much for uh, being with me tonight. And oh well, thank you, Ron. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. <laughs>
It's so always from, a pleasure. Yeah. So from all of us here at Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, good night and God bless. And yes, next week, live broadcast. Oh, yeah, live broadcast. Live broadcast. Just want to throw that out there. ABCTV.com, uh, .org. .org. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. Bump.